Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson tonight joining you for an episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Tonight, I am not joined by Josh Bow, but instead by a fellow editor, Doyle Rader, who had the pleasure or awkwardness, depending on your point of view, of going to the Dallas Maverick introductory press conference of Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison. And before I let uh, Doyle kind of, you know, I, I want him to, you know, speak his his mind on what he thought about it today was not my finest hour where I was not able to keep up on anything just due to work in real life. So I am very out of the loop. So I'm going to be learning stuff as you are. I know you probably have a lot of other sources to hear about what happened with the press conference between, you know, our, some of our, our uh, friendly podcast friends out in Mavs world. But, uh, you know, Doyle and I wanted to talk about this and I wanted to be educated. So you're kind of hearing the stuff same as I. So Doyle, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good, Kirk. I mean, I'm happy to be talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, so, so walk us through, I think we should, should kind of, you know, remind people that it was a little bit odd that the Mavericks didn't have a Jason Kidd press conference earlier. It was almost a two week gap between the hire. Yeah. I mean, it was over a two week gap between the hire and the press conference. And I think what happened was the Mavericks saw what the absolute train wreck that occurred up in Portland with Chauncey Billups hiring where they were unable to kind of control the room with media questions. And so go ahead. No. Yeah. Right. Like the, the Portland thing with Chauncey was absolutely a disaster for that organization. Yeah. But the Mavericks wanted to kind of control what the message, I guess that's the best way to put it. They wanted to control the message for whatever they wanted to say because there was a there was a lot to say honestly and we can get into that later. But um I think they handled it suspectly, but it yeah, wasn't cause like we it got wasn't, in- it wasn't that. It wasn't it wasn't Portland. Today's today is Thursday the fifteenth. All of us who were on the email press like press email got emailed Tuesday afternoon, which for something of this importance, they made us RSVP if we were going to go. It was very much an attempt to sort of control who and what was there. Followed by you know it, it's and, and Doyle kind of why don't you walk us through what happened like kind of the order of events at the press conference. So I mean it was very basic introductory statements like hey we're happy these people are here here's here's why we like them the future is bright i mean it was all like you know it was all exactly what you expect from like a generic press conference and you know i'll I'll say this i didn't ask a question i was i was asked to ask a question from some people but like uh there were some good questions asked eventually from mm-hmm. this press conference. Mm-hmm. Well, the 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 things that I was kind of reading today was it seemed as if there were it, it was an introductory press conference where the, things were sort of of orchestrated in the sense of you know Jason Kidd read from us like like very clearly from a statement. There was not like an off the cuff like him giving his thoughts on things followed by, you know, and like Mark Cuban obviously talked because there cannot be a day that goes by where Mark Cuban doesn't remind people that he is involved with the Dallas Mavericks decision-making. And he said it was, he said it was about the money and he, he always has final decisions. So like, Mm -hmm. 
like he literally declared he's Jerry Jones essentially of the Mavericks. Mm, you know, as long as we got and kind of got that out in the open. So looking forward to people telling me I'm an idiot again about stuff that I've been kind of championing for a while. So when it came to sort of to, to kid statement, was there anything revelatory or was it just sort of a bland, like I'm happy to be here type thing? Ooh, I, you know, I'll throw it right there in the middle because I really do feel like Jason, they, they beat around the bush. Every single person on that stage but not Nico. Nico is very like he didn't really say a whole lot. But mm-hmm. like Mark and Sint and Jason of the three, Jason was at least more forthcoming about uh the issue, which the issue is obviously like him, you know, pleading guilty to domestic assault in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh he, he he was willing to talk about to an extent and like this is not a big extent but to an extent he was willing to talk about how he went through therapy and uh counseling and i give him credit for that like yeah. he was he was advocating for that but sent and mark i don't know that i can like really be like with what they said, they, the, I I don't know how to phrase it. They uh, they duck and covered. They sure. duck and covered basically. Yeah. Okay, I mean, and and the big bet with with and and it's a good bet. You know, just putting on my cynics hat. It's it's a good bet that no one in the big picture is really going to care. Um, the Mavericks have kind of gotten away with enough weird to gross stuff that kind of only hardcore fans that check a certain number of demographic boxes would really care about. Um, it's, it's the more I've talked about this stuff and it's not that I, I I'm unwilling to talk about it. I'm, I'm happy to kind of beat the Mavericks up over anything, but it's, it's the, the smart part about waiting two weeks is sort of the initial, what the fuck about hiring Jason Kidd, and sent Marshall's kind of really awkward, like the story that she did with Brad Townsend, uh, where Brad Townsend's lead was like, well, you know, there's one of them was a domestic abuser and one of them was a victim. And it's like, this is just, this is gross, gross framing. Yeah. But they, they, it, they let it, it all. It was disgusting. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's the fact that the Mavericks have sort of put this out there. They, they did it and they, they, in the reception, you know, compared to Portland, it's just a different town. No one really cared. I think. And so at this point, we as a as a fan site, though though we do, you know, we are media people, like I, I think we we've kind of beat the horse and I'm not really gonna really follow up on it anymore. I just hope that Jason Kidd is a is is you know, he's he's a better coach than he has been. And that was something that if I was reading, you know, his comments and stuff. I've not seen the video yet, which I probably should have, but it's just been a busy day. He seemed to <laughs> to to indicate that he feels that he is a much he's in a much different spot to coach this team than when he went from like Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So, uh, th- I mean, that's what he said. We I mean, obviously, me and you don't know, but that's what he said today. Like he he said that like his two years with the Lakers these past two years, I mean, and they won the championship in the bubble. He. He said he learned so much more being on Frank Vogel's staff than when he was just thrust into – well, I mean, 
he wanted it. He he took it. The 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 Brooklyn job when when he was a first head coach, mm-hmm. and so we'll we'll have to wait and see if that's real. Obviously, like you know, we we've got a few months to go, but uh, I I would I was I will say I was a I I don't want to say I was impressed, but like he was at least honest mm-hmm. about his his career arc. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's that's something. That's that's actually kind of one of the things I was most curious about because I mean, there's a lot of smoke from people who don't know what the hell they're talking about, but his two stops at Brooklyn and and the Bucks were were mediocre at best. Yes, he did get to the second round, which is is not nothing. Um in in one in in you know, one year with with Brooklyn, but it's not it's just I I just I, I'm not impressed by his coaching resume. Um, that said, like, no, he was, I mean, he's, he's won, he's been over 500, what, twice in his mm-hmm, career. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not good. It's literally not good. No, like With some of the local, Giannis, some of the, <laughs> you know, well, and, but he did empower Giannis, um, to, to, to handle the eh. ball, which is, is not something I think like Rick Carlisle would have done, for example, cause I mean, he's just, he's a six foot 10, you know, forward. So I'm, I'm, I'm that's true. That's true. And, and and he did, uh, you know, he he did talk about Luca playing off ball, which has been. Yeah, he, did, a, he did talk about that. Uh, I, I'm very interested. Go ahead. Uh, he also said that like he wants to sit down with Luca and like really talk about him about like Luca's role and like maybe alleviating like some of his usage stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't know, and like and Kid even admitted. Uh, like when he was that age, he was an asshole and he drove <laughs> coaches crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, come on. Like I, I, I remember when I went to a uh, camp uh, in the mid nineties and kid was there, he was an asshole. Like that, my mother was telling me of the story, uh, just the other week. She's like, yeah, kid was a complete asshole about this entire thing about even meeting kids. Luke was different. And like he's gonna be a different player and kid admitted that he's like, you know what, I know a lot of things, but I was never this player. So I think that's a positive going forward about him thinking that this is a guy who I mean, this is this is an all world talent that mm-hmm. the Mavericks have. And Jason Kidd was an all-world talent in '94 when the Mavericks drafted him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I yeah. don't even oh, I don't even know how. Yeah, he was I don't so even good. know how many of our of our listeners are going to be like from back in '94. You know, yeah, he was a okay. revelatory basketball player um, for for his yeah, size sure. and his just willingness to push. And and I'm hopeful that he brings some of the the you know, and he slowed down for. You know, him and Carl kind of came to a detente when they played in 2011, where Carl gave him a little bit more control, but they just played at a slower pace then because Dirk was also slower. And I'm, I'm, but I'm very curious to sure. see sort of what, what sort of offensive actions they're willing to run because I, I, I think that the Mavericks playing slow was a combination of Carl wanting them to play slow, Luca kind of 
understanding that a 48 minute basketball game is very different from a 40 minute basketball game in in uh in europe and just that over the course of the season allowed a lot more miles on his body and he just you know we've talked about it at length he was he's not in the right kind of shape for that but if if you know they're able to get off to you know a, a reasonable training camp luca you know if, if he's training overseas with the slovenian team if he comes into to season maybe they will try some different stuff i'm i'm very i'm interested in that i've kind of come around on the willingness to at least give give the new new people a chance because it, it seems and and please kind of elaborate on this it seems like the expectations at the moment particularly like like emanating from cuban are really high so it was really, really weird to try and get a feel mm-hmm. for what the expectations are today at, at the press conference. Um, everyone spoke incredibly highly of Luca, as they should. He's, uh, what, in his third season and been on first-team All-NBA twice? Right. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, nope. that does not happen. Kid basically said, like, his age isn't a problem and the the kid just wants to give him the keys to you know run the ship basically right but like also wants to like let him know where like where kid you know and like uh, people people who follow the mavericks for a long time is like we all know that kid didn't leave the mavericks in the 90s in a good spot it was a mess or and in the 2000s, told. or the 2010s, he didn't even leave the team in the greatest No, he, he, he just bounced to go to the Knicks for one last season mm-hmm. with, with Tyson Chandler, and Tyson Chandler won defense, Defensive Player of the Year. But, like, kid, kid was adamant, like, look, I made mistakes as a mm-hmm. player going crazy. I'm watching Luka from afar, like, being a coach, being, like, whatever with the Lakers. He also said... Give a good shout out to uh, the Lakers organization. Good, good for Harrison. He can write that one. But uh, <laughs> he, he said like he's not going to be mad if Luca makes the same mistakes because Luca is a little bit better. Like it was, it was kind of implied. He didn't say it outright. But mm-hmm. He was like, "Look, this is this is like this is a player." Like, and yeah. it was. Really nice to kind of hear, like, I mean, you know, say what you want about Kid, but, like, you know, this is one of the top point guards, and now he's got one of the best, you know, significantly taller point guards. Like, sure. Jason Kid's, like, as tall as me and you, you know, and Luca's, like, what, got three, four inches on us? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it's – there's – the dialogue around Luca continues to be weird like there was this incredible um viral like this treat that tweet that went viral from uh god who is the who's the magic point guard um let me just look him up right he's a he was a rookie this last year i can't remember his name because i'm just tired cole anthony retweeted this mm-hmm. this you know kind of racist weird tweet from a russell westbrook fan account like bitching about luca and saying he should be on the cover there's a lot of people that should be on the cover in front of him and he just retweeted it with you know, tell me you don't tell me you don't watch basketball with by w- without saying you don't watch basketball, just dunking on this this poor idiot woman relentlessly. Um, and there, players and Bomani Jones has spoken about this to a degree. 
the people on the inside of basketball really know about Luca. It it's you know it's not quite to the to the level of of you know sort of the way that certain players seem to really not like Giannis like a lot of America like James Harden and there's just certain dudes who do not seem to like Giannis which is interesting but they all seem to understand how really good he is I I don't think Luke is at the dislike point with any of these players but a lot of like the NBA players know how good Luca is he is that dude and so hearing Kid kind of talk about that. I mean, you knew he knew that, but it's just like there's something kind of just it's great to hear it because we've just kind of heard the 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 constant praise from Carl. And after a while, it's just it's it's different and it's nice. And it, it makes me you know understand that he appreciates the situation that he's inheriting. Right. And it's going to be really interesting because I, I do feel like Carlisle kind of like let his reins go loose when it came to Luca, mm-hmm. like. I, I feel like, you know, me and you have watched this team for a long time, especially with Carlisle, like, and, you know, Carlisle coach kid too. And, you know, that whole Carlisle statement when, uh, you know, the, the day, the, the, the day they hired kid, but, uh, Carlisle was very much a controlling coach, but he also was very adaptable and yeah. letting Luca do Luca because Luca is Luca and one of the best literally in the game right now was super fascinating to watch Carlisle like let that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kid can do uh, with him because they, they have no previous relationship as far as I know. Yeah, like I like, think they dapped up at one of the All Star games. That was like something that I remember seeing. It was around the time, same time he met Obama um, in chi- Chicago, maybe. I'm not, but but I know it. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. And and that that sort of thing is 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 definitely kind of interesting. Um, Kid also had some some interesting comments about Porzingis, where the sort of you know he 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 said something along the lines of like he and luca are kind of like a perfect match for what the other wants to do and that that backs up a lot of what the data shows um you know our our own is talk franco's written a lot about this but you know porzingis existing changes the geometry for the offense but i think it seems to really frustrate porzingis because he wants a different role and he's frankly just not good enough for for having a different role at the moment do do we did you get kind of any sense about how the organization feels about him? Cause Mark Cuban has shot his mouth off about Porzingis twice over in the off season so far, and then really seemed to walk that those kind of comments back today. No. Um, so what I felt like Cuban came out and said that, like he said that uh, Porzingis was like unfairly maligned. And mm-hmm. I mean, he did worth, some of the like, maligning. I don't understand this. Like he he said he said in a like you know pre, like in some meeting with the Shriners or whoever the hell he's meeting with in a given week since Cuban <laughs> talks to everyone, he said something along the lines of, "Well, you know, Porzingis is who he is, and we need to find a second scorer." And it's like, what what are you talking about? And then they walked this back today. Do you know what I mean? Like that that's kind of where I'm frustrated with Mark. No, I mean, but you know, Mark's a PR guy. Mm-hmm. That's the entire thing. Um. I will say this, like, you know, at our site, like, I'm more of a Porzingis defender than most people. But, like, I understand his, like, weaknesses. Like, he, he was coming off from injury. And, and Kid, Kid addressed that today in the press conference. He was saying 
like this is going to be the first time that Porzingis has a full off season with the Mavericks that he's coming back from uh, non not an injury, and I, there's something to that to me. Sure, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what that's going to translate to, but like, I'd like to see him like fully healthy because, I mean, we all remember when he was capable in the bubble and actually mobile and and putting up like 20 25 points yeah and then he got hurt again and then this season i mean granted during the regular season sorry there's a bunch of motorcycle i can't hear you going by me right now you're good (laughs) but uh yeah like porzingis is still a good player and kid said that like he looks like lucas number two we don't know what's going to happen. Nico Harrison is now there. And uh, we'll have to see. But, like, they they were they were saying the good words about Porzingis today. Okay. Okay. I think, it, I think that's at least of something to take note of. I mean, you never really know. There's a lot to, that could go on. Um, today on a, a green room, Mark Stein basically said that the Mavericks are, are going – you know, are expecting uh, people seem to expect Josh Richardson to opt in. There's a couple other kind of newsy bits like Tim Hardaway is going to make about 18 to $20 million. Like that's his market, which frankly is a little bit lower than I thought it, to be honest um, with, with what Honestly, I was. Yeah. 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 And, and that, that was certainly interesting to me. Um, and then, you know, past that, like it seemed that, that the, you know, the presser was mostly cut and dry. Um, I know our own Josh Bowe, who had, uh, who's, who's opted to go to sleep tonight and actually not do Mavericks <laughs> content. You know, real bold strategy from him. Um, I think he was kind of frustrated he, he is by... He baby. It's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he gets very fired up by kind of the... You know, our site is is adversarial. Like, we are, you know, with respect to some of our colleagues uh, out there, we are adversarial to the point of, of being aggressive because we don't, none of us have sources to protect. So we don't really care, well, you know, I honestly, <laughs> and I, I won't mention the names, but like I had a conversation with people that it was good to see them in person again, but mm-hmm. like, they were like, yeah, you're, you're the adversarial site, you know, yeah. before the press conference started today. And you know what? I was like, yeah, it, I, I try and be like the happy go lucky person. But like when they do some stuff that, I question, mm-hmm. I will be just as adversarial as anyone else. Yeah, no, because I mean, that's what we believe kind of the role of of media ought to be. Like, I do understand if some fans really get frustrated with kind of like my uh, like roving negativity, like that's something I really get. But when it comes to to like breaking down decisions that have, you know, reflect poorly upon previous decisions and what we're specifically referencing is. You know, some of the, like like seeming you know to not care about Jason Kidd's domestic violence record, even if it is twenty years old for an organization that had issues it's with. It's a thing. It's just a bad thing. It's like like there's no other way around it. And the the real way you know that I've been talking about it is like I will have to you know compartmentalize, and it's not the end of the world. I can do this and no. be okay with it, but. I'm also not going to just casually kind of ignore it, which is what a lot of people do. Where like, oh, it's just not a big deal. And I'm like, you know, it is a big deal. You can't. You're getting paid millions of dollars a year, and you have yeah. this. Yeah. You know? So, but, I mean, at the end of it, you know, Dalton Trigg, you know, friend, former colleague, friend of the site, basically said, like, at a certain point, you know, he's the coach. We're not going to unmake him the coach. Um, 
you know, yeah, what we can't we'll, we can't change it. Cuban, right, and, Cuban and what will said like he makes all the decisions today, mm-hmm. and like we can't we can't change those. No, yeah, we can't change them. Oh man, but you know, I I do think that that by and large, like a couple of people asked me over Twitter, like, are you feeling like better or worse after the press conference today? And I think like kind of at a bare minimum, I I'm inching towards being like extremely cautiously optimistic um when you have a player like luca that just sort of overarches most of what the conversation is going to be about but i i think you know kids seem to say just enough of the right things you know we didn't even talk about the fact that the mavericks seem to be closing in on hiring his former uh national team coach uh, uh igor um I don't want to. I don't want to butcher it. I, I, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Yeah, it's it's K O K O S K O V. I don't want to butcher it, and and you know I'm sure yeah. our various Baltic friends will tell me how big of a moron I am later. I'm sure my son could pronounce well, it because he's actually he's really good at this sort of thing. Former head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and he he was on Mike Brown's coaching staff at one point. Like he's a well-traveled guy. He's a really interesting hire of somebody who seems to know Luca, and I think that's. You know, that's that's just something of note. There's there's enough like like kind of cautiously optimistic signs about where the franchise is going long term. I don't I still don't really have a good read on free agency and I probably won't because you know, free agency is just a weird time. Um and and you know, the, like I, I don't have a feel for Nico. I like the the Mark Human stories have to stop for a while though. Like there's just I've been, you know, Josh is so funny. He's like, well, I thought everybody remembered all this stuff from the like first three to four years after after the title. And the answer is no, people didn't remember because the coverage was not the same then. Like Mark Cuban would get excoriated today for for leaving a major donor meet or major donor, a major free agent meeting like like uh, if like Hawaii was interested and he was like, no, nah, I'm going to go film Shark Tank. Like he would get murdered for that today. He, he also wouldn't oh, do it, I don't think. So, you know, it's, it's just a different world. Well, I don't know if he if he wouldn't do it, but don't <laughs> worry. JJ Barea and Tyson Chandler are going to be at summer league, and uh, you know what? I'm going to buy that ticket tonight, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come over there and see you in Vegas, Kirk. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're both going to be in Vegas. I mean, we have no idea if we're going to be credentialed, um, which is hilarious because it's in three weeks. Uh, but you and I are going, uh, so that'll yeah. be fun. Mark Fischel, holler holler at us. That's right. That's right. Okay, guys, I won't keep anybody much longer. We just wanted to touch base. I know that that, you know, kind of some of our other uh, fan sites might have a little more in-depth coverage on this. It's just tough. Uh, Today was a weird work day for like all of us and we all have real jobs. So thanks for hanging out. This has been Kirk Henderson and Doyle Raider of Mavs Moneyball. And this has been Mavs Moneyball After Dark. And we will talk to you probably one or two more times, uh, you know, before the start of next week.